Welcome to Madcasters. You have just tuned in to the difference makers of a new generation. If you're looking for that disciplined effort to change your life or the inspiration to make a difference in your communities and the world, Madcasters, this is the launch pad for you to go mad. What's going on, everyone? It's your host, Brian St. Louis BSL, and I am so excited to have with you another episode of Madcasters, where we make a difference and are inspiring you to make a difference in your personal life and the communities around you as well. Today, we have two special guests in which I have the honor in which I'm able to introduce to you all. They're from uh, Calgary, YYC Canada, and these two have co-founded an organization called Arise and Shine, and their whole focus is to help individuals who are dealing with mental health, depression, anxiety, and all their whole nonprofit is focused to helping you as an individual to deal with these crises in your life. And so today I have with you Ronaldo and Allison. I'm just, I just want to say that I think it's so great as a podcaster being able to hear these stories beforehand. But today, now you get to hear these stories with us too. So, Ronaldo, Allison, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited. I wanna I wanna learn more. I wanna learn more. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Ronaldo uh, and Allison? I'll go ahead and start with Ronaldo. Uh tell us a little bit more about yourself and the whole purpose behind why you all started Arise and Shine. Absolutely. Sure. So yes, I'm Ronaldo. Um originally was born in Peru, raised in Germany, and then um came to Canada. The long journey. Um, I have a background in business and uh, somewhat engineering as well. Um, I love sports. Um, and um, the main reason what brought me to Arise in China is a bit of a longer story, but I'll, I'll shorten it here. Um, essentially, a number of years ago, what I was facing was a number of mental health challenges, including depression and social anxiety. And um, it was a very dark time. And in that, what I found really, really helped immensely was sports and physical fitness. That's actually where I met Allison mm. at, a, at another amazing exercise group. And um, and through that whole journey, um, exercise and physical fitness helped me immensely. And so after I got better and was in, able to, uh, again, like do all the things that I wanted to do, then I thought, hey, wouldn't this be a great idea to invite other people to come join as well? Now, my particular sport that I did was triathlon. But uh, I said, maybe that's not everybody's cup of tea. So I said, I want to create a walking group because that's something everybody can enjoy and take part in of any age. And um, that's where the idea of Rise and Shine came, to bring people together around mental health, outside, for walks, creating an authentic and close-knit environment where uh, everybody gets inspired and feels better after they go home and feels more ready to take on the week. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So you're a triathlete. You, you've traveled the world. <laughs> you, you're bringing on experiences from all over the place, man. So th- this is this is definitely something in which we're able to to get a, a good grasp of of a good understanding as to why you're you're doing this. Allison, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself as well, your journey um, to to who you are today, and uh, and how you got into a rise and shine. Hi, my name's Allison, and. 
I guess kind of my journey began as a very elite level athlete growing up. I used to be a synchronized swimmer and I used to eat, breathe, and think about synchronized swimming 100% of the time. It was my huge focus in life. So growing up, I was very competitive at that. I competed nationally, internationally. I ended up going to the Beijing Olympic Games. And then, lo and behold, about a year after that in 2009, I slowly started to sink into kind of a deep, dark depression. Um, I think just the weight of being so focused on one thing for so long started weighing on me. It gets to be kind of a negative sport in the sense that you're practicing for 99% of the time and competing for 1% of the time. And there's always something you can do better. And it's a judge sport. So sometimes the winner doesn't even get rewarded. And I started to gain a little bit of weight, which ultimately led to me being kicked off the team. And that was like a huge blow to me because up until that point in my life, that was all I ever thought or cared about. And that meant everything to me. So suddenly, everything I had was taken away from me. And I'm like, didn't really honestly even see a point in living like I had no hope, I had no path, no direction. And I had a very low self image about myself at the time. So very hopeless and just super depressed. And I guess by getting out of that environment, I went to live on a cruise ship afterward and kind of got to a whole new set of people, a whole new set of experiences, began to learn that there was more to life. And slowly I started to heal and get back on track. And when Ronaldo came to me with this great idea for Rise and Shine, I was all for it because I know from where I have been from that level of depression, you may not be able to Mm -hmm. fix yourself completely or get to a point of complete 180 improvement, but there is at least something that you can do to kind of assist your mental health and set you up for more success. So if I can be part of that solution rather than doing nothing, I am completely honored and all for it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you both came from uh, a place where uh, you've dealt with some serious uh, cases of depression um, uh, for, for in your own personal lives. And, and that's a one, one of the things that I think is very formidable in our society is that we have individuals who have dealt with certain issues. And because of them dealing with certain, some of these things themselves personally, they want to make sure that they can help everyone else around to to either not go in the same direction that they've gained or help them to come see a different uh see a different perspective or have to have a different light in in what they're doing and so i i love that you've allowed both of you have allowed your journeys the the pains that you have gone through and taken that to be a light in our societies i think that's amazing and that's great so what is a rise and shine can you tell us a little bit more about that like that specific arise and shine absolutely well so the name has a unique story behind it uh basically it means um arise meaning getting up from a stationary state and being active and shine is the opposite of of darkness and you know and and dark thoughts and negative emotions it's positivity light being outdoors the name was inspired by um just the own experiences of of depression and um wanting to get out 
wanting to get out from a stationary state, uh, out from bed or chair or indoors, getting outside into the sunlight, and then being with other people, being a space for amazing conversations. That's really what it's all about. We come together outside for walks or virtually now as well, and we have great conversations. We have we go for walks. We out in nature. We have exercise, and um, we create a space for people to be who they really be authentic to who they are, and to um, to feel better about themselves and, and to find comfort. And we invite anyone and everyone, singles, you don't have to know us to come. It's really open to any age, any race, any background. We're welcome to have you. That's awesome. I love that. So I love what a rise and shine stands for. Uh, But many people might try to do something in a sense like this, but you decided to go a little bit farther to actually build this into a nonprofit organization. You didn't just try to help you or your family, but you decided to help a whole city. Ronaldo, can you touch on that a little bit for us, please? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, uh, just to start from the beginning and go back to the origin of this, um, it started off as an idea on a piece of paper and, uh, and a very tentative and, uh, and a fragile thing. Um, it took me a while to become comfortable even to talk about mental health with anybody in my family. Mm. So I just want to say that before even saying, before getting to the level of nonprofit, like you're saying a whole city or whole province in our case, um, it was like, I was struggling to tell like beyond my family to spread that to my best friend has struggled selling that. So was it, do we, do we want to talk on that for a second here? Cause I think that's actually very important because uh, a lot of people have issues talking about mental health with families. Can, can we, can we touch on that yeah, for a second? Totally. Okay, so so what was that experience like then for you? Well, um, to be perfectly frank, I think I'm very fortunate to come from a very loving family. To be to be honest, mm. um, I understand not everybody has that, that privilege, so I, I will totally say that. Um, and I think my parents saw something that something wasn't quite right uh, with me with my health before I did, before I was ready to even talk about it, and. Um, there was a there was many there was quite a period of time where like I wasn't ready to talk about it. I saw something was wrong, but I wasn't ready to actually admit that to myself or to them. So um, it took a bit of a journey to even never mind anybody else in the city <laughs> telling giving to their parents and then saying, you know, yes, I I have this and I need help. That that act of asking for help was really really challenging and um and mm-hmm. and there's I had you know and I still have this sometimes, but it's. Sometimes asking for help can seem like a weakness and like admitting failure yep. and that you've failed and next step is you are a failure, sort of in the logical, emotional mm. <laughs> brain. But it took me a long time to realize it. Well, first of all, that I just need that. And then second of all, now realizing sometimes asking for help is the biggest, most courageous thing you can do, um, even though it doesn't feel like that all the time. Yeah. That's true. Um, you know, personally, uh, I've dealt with, a, I would say, an acute sense of, of of depression, but and and I do plan on telling my story at some point. But um, but it was very difficult to say to to people, you know, like that I'm depressed. Like not even just on a, on a on a micro level. It, like I was, I felt I would even say acute. Actually, that, that's me being. That's me just be trying to, to trying to shallow it down. Um, the the truth is, uh, there was even a point of time where. Uh, and, and the, the story will come out, but there was a point where I, I lost my daughter. She had, she had passed away about three years ago. 
And and there was a point in time where I was by myself at home because my wife wasn't necessarily around. She went to a trip to uh, to see her best friend get married. And so I was home alone for a bit. And that was one of the worst times of my life um, where I uh, even had a suicidal thought for the first time. Uh, but as fast as it came, it came out. However, I think one of the one of the major difficulties was asking for help, reaching out to someone. Because it, it was it was almost as if I if someone had come and and tried to speak to me, I would have probably opened up. But I didn't feel the 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 possibility to reach out to someone. So, what would you say to someone like me? And any of you can answer this. What, what would you say to someone like me or someone? Um, that that is having that difficulty to to express themselves uh that uh they're having some issues in their mental health they're being they are depressed they have suicidal tendencies whatever the case may be what what is what is the next step in in that sense what what could we say to them well i think that it really is about first admitting it to yourself that you're mm-hmm. feeling that way and then Next, reaching out, seeing if there's anyone who immediately can help you, but also taking more of a holistic approach to the whole situation and not believing that there's going to be one cure, one solution to it. Um, I know for our work walking group, it's just one piece of the puzzle of the whole mental health well-being. And it involves walking, getting out, getting some vitamin D, feeling that sense of community. So I think you need to start and then keep adding different solutions to the mix and see what works. I like that. I like that. So, yeah, why don't we why don't we dig in a little deeper then to arise and shine? And you, so you were saying that at this point it was it was very difficult for for you to to speak to your family mm-hmm. on it. Um, and then now where did that, where did that end up leading you towards Horizon Shine? Right. Yeah. Getting back to that. Um, yeah. So, so again, family getting help myself, then, um, realizing and finding that hope, uh, was probably the next step, um, getting help and, and going through that journey of finding, um, how can I escape this, this kind of, um, dark situation that I find myself in. Um, it, it really was a bit of like uh, dark, imagine literally like a dark room and groping around for finding a way to get out of it um, and mm. trying a bunch of things, many of which didn't work. Um, and then finally landing on, on fitness with, with uh, I don't know, a funny conversation that from a friend uh, who mentioned that he had done a triathlon and so, strangely being inspired by that. I don't know why. I was searching for a sport to do in the winter, especially, not that I could do in the winter. Um, and then it involved learning how to run, learning how to swim, because <laughs> uh, I didn't know those two very well. Um, getting stronger and then getting out of the house more too. Like sometimes that was even a big thing, just getting out and seeing people. And then going, building from that, then um, going to this, this um this group that I've met Alison at called the November Project, or now YYC FitFam, amazing group, still does amazing things. I love them to bits. Um, and then being having courage to go out there and meet other people to do sports with. And then eventually it came about um, really feeling strong enough to tell other people. First, it started with a friend, a close friend, mm-hmm. then some distant acquaintances, and then really feeling a sense that I want those years that were so dark 
to mean something, to be useful for something. And I've always wanted to find a way to give back to the community. And I mean, there's there's tons of amazing causes out there from, from climate change to poverty. And I was volunteering with a nonprofit in poverty reduction and international development for a while. But I thought for me now, having this experience, maybe that's something unique that I can offer to the community and an experience that I can use uh, to empathize with anybody who's going through the same or something, it could be something different mental health related, where I can be the one who can who can get what it's like to be in that spot or what it's like to, to feel um, you know on the outside. And then, and I thought fitness helped. I read a book that said fitness really helps with mental health. And I had wish I read that earlier, but I actually saw black and white that there's a, a there's a, a scientifically um, proven link between physical fitness being beneficial and mental health. But okay, mental health, walking. Okay, walking would be a good idea. Very open, everybody can do it. Very inexpensive. You just everybody's got a pair of shoes, pants, jacket, and can come and join. Um, and then we've got beautiful parks in Calgary and we're in Edmonton and Lethbridge as well. So always a good place you can find to walk. And slowly the bits and pieces came together until, uh, I got the advice from a friend that, okay, stop thinking about it, start doing it. <laughs> so the advice my friend gave me was stop planning it out perfectly. Just schedule the first one, which I did <laughs> with like only four days notice. And then it was like, start, <laughs> could be imperfect. It's going to get better. And that's how we started and we've been going every Sunday since then, since that first one. So that's awesome. When did it, when did it start? Like what uh, what time? How many years ago? When was this? Exactly? It was two and a half years ago and in April. So um, yeah, it was a very very rainy day. April actually was pouring, <laughs> but I remember it very distinctly. Um, and uh, yeah, so we we're going on since then. We also have a chapter now in uh, in Edmonton and in Lethbridge. Um, due to the coronavirus, we've had a bit less activity there these days, but. But yeah, we've uh, we still have kept up virtual events in all three cities. So. so you have you have three chapters now. You started uh, since April. Uh, you said two thousand and eighteen. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, two thousand eighteen. Uh, so you've been going on for for two years. And and how many people did you start with? On the first walk, I believe it was. Uh, Myself, Allison, and two friends, I believe. Yeah, so very, very small. I mean, from the humblest of beginnings. <laughs> um, and with with a major help from a good friend who's a serial entrepreneur as well, like Allison, and who just gave me a bit of a push to say, come on, <laughs> what we need to do is just do it. <laughs> no more planning or theorizing. What was your first walk like, Allison? What do you, what do you think that, how did that experience feel when you first started these walks? Well, when we first started, it was just us and mostly friends. So it was a very different experience from what it is now involving the entire community and many people we don't know who may come once or twice or maybe just connected through this cause. So in the beginning, it was kind of, will this work? Is there even a market for it? Um, we had a little bit of back and forth in terms of how do we pick this up and actually get the people we want to come to this out and come. So it was a bit different back then. Right. Um, and how many people do you typically have now? Um, even, well, let's say pre-COVID and, and post-COVID and during COVID now, how many people do you guys normally have coming to, to a walk? I would say since COVID happened, we've been a lot busier because mm. 
people have less opportunity to get out. I think we're pretty safe with COVID in terms of we all wear masks, we stay separated, and there is a bit of a mental health crisis going on right now. Luckily, during COVID, we've typically had two or three leaders at the walking group. So if there's more than 10, we can kind of separate and walk separately because I think that's uh, Alberta government regulation. You can't be in a gathering of more than 10 people outside. So typically we expect over 10 people in this time. Over 10. Okay. That's good. That's really good. And you you touched on something here talking about mental health and COVID. Um what what have been some of the some of the things that you've heard or or that we're seeing around uh, the world right now when it comes to mental health uh, during this period of time. Anyone could touch on this, Ronaldo or Allison. What, what has been the the uh, general way in which things have been moving with men- towards uh, in regard to mental health? Well, I think there's a lot of bad and good news that can be very okay. scary and very overwhelming. A lot of people have lost their jobs and have a lot of uncertainty in their finances. And a lot of people haven't had that social interaction that they previously would have had. And I mean, we are completely social creatures. Statistically, we think about other humans and other people 80% of the time. And then there's only 20% where we're actually thinking about staying in between the lines and certain tasks that we're actually doing but the majority of our thought patterns are wrapped around people so if we don't have any of that interaction if we're just staying in our houses it can be very weighing on our mental health you know as you said that i actually thought about my uh general thoughts and i was like 70 80 percent is that true and i thought about i was like wow it really is (laughs) a lot of my thoughts typically uh go around, you know, dealing with other people, my relationships with my with my wife, my kid, my churches, you know, people everywhere. So, yeah, you're so right. We are social beings who need those types of social interactions. And and even through COVID, you're still allowing uh, you're you're giving an avenue for people to have these types of social interactions even though it's been difficult to to have them, let's say in home. Um what what have been can you tell us a little bit more about maybe some some interactions you've had with people? Like, what, what have been some of the, the thoughts or some of the stories that you've heard while you're on these walks? What 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 can we say about those regards? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so so just to be upfront about this, we do both physical walks uh, once a week as well as virtual walks, uh, well, virtual conversation groups and events, um, including dancing and, uh, and and conversation groups. So through all that, um, we've had a number of different stories. A couple of themes emerge for me, um, centered around number one, like just um, people are alone. Many people are are no longer living in, in quite tight family units and. Living alone is is a real challenge for some people, um, and it has challenges not just for um, like um, you know physical constraints, but like um, uh, the mental health has impacts on our cognitive ability, and and there are a few cases where all this isolation actually has drastic effects on that. Um, 
Um, and, you know, that fear element of not being able to go outside, being unsure who to trust, to be around, um, it's, that's been one element. Um, Alison already mentioned anxiety. So definitely anxiety around, around finances, around children, if there's families, around, um, you know, even like uh, even couples, challenges between the, the husband and wife and vice versa. Um, and, um, and beyond that, I think just the general overarching desire to connect. And um, we found that through, through all these walks, these conversations, one of the biggest things that people are consistently grateful for is to have an authentic conversation in a safe space we make it very clear that whatever we say on these walks doesn't go beyond that we don't it's a it's a kind of a confidential um, space that we create both online or in person and so just having that that ability to mm-hmm. have somebody who's going to listen and just hear and and be with them is, is really valuable there is and so do you, oh go ahead there's some people that come that have mentioned like I, this is the first time i've been out of the house all week so wow. It's nice to at least have some means of getting them out. That's yeah, that's actually really important. That's key. Uh you you really are facilitating. You may be really helping people to to change their lives. Uh, you you never know what this what this conversation or that walk could could do for for someone's uh moment at that time and and some of those things um, and I just want to encourage you all as well. Sometimes you never hear stories up until years later as to how th- there's this one thing you did for this person uh, years ago, but that one thing was what helped them to to keep moving forward and to keep uh, strengthening themselves. So I, I just want to encourage you both, knowing that um, it, it's what what you're what you're allowing for individuals to to come into is a safe space uh not only just for their for their physical fitness and their mental health man but especially during covid uh you're allowing people to connect and and it's and it's very impactful i think uh during this time what what have been some what have been some difficulties or even moments of doubts that you've had throughout this journey because i know especially starting a nonprofit uh, you know, finances can sometimes be a, a difficulty. Uh, there's not much that deals with finances with what you're doing because I think it's it's very it's a it's a it's a great model, uh, and it, and it allows for for a fluidity in that sense. But what other um, difficulties, uh, challenges, or doubts that you've been able to overcome? Or totally, yeah. Thanks, Brian. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I'd already talked a bit about the challenges of even getting started, <laughs> finding a logo picking a name. <laughs> the idea is one thing, then making it into a nice box that looks good is another thing. Um, then the next challenge was to go beyond friends and to invite the community. Um, we found, tried different versions of that, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Meetup, um, Twitter, um, other other events too, uh, Eventbrite. Um, eventually we found Meetup to be the best one. If I can say mm-hmm. one challenge that for me would be the, the has been one of the hardest ones to do is to, to figure out a way to spread to grow the organization beyond that to your point financially we're we're very light um we don't it doesn't take much to to well actually it takes uh, zero cost to actually um go to the walk and get a bunch of people together create a great space right. walk the costs come a little bit in the like website and meetup registration and stuff like that but uh, but no the, the the primary thing is to find 
uh, to find other, um, you know, other amazing folks who care really deeply about the topic, like Alison and I do. And we've been successful mm-hmm. in finding a number of them. And then also finding that winning formula about how do we, how do we take this amazing idea and plant like right seeds and right procedures in other places like Edmonton, like Lethbridge, um, you know, the idea is to grow the organization much beyond the borders of Calgary or Alberta. But to do that, we have to find figure out what's that formula that we can use that, that really speaks to everybody, regardless of the problem mm-hmm. or the, the person involved. So um, really, I think what, what's helped me personally with that has been, uh, has been the, actually the, 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 um, the belief and the and this encouragement of all people who come to our walks and the, and the community of leaders that we have, primarily Allison and, and a bunch of others that, that say, oh, you know, this is good, keep going, you know. Um, and, and in moments of doubt, when, when I felt uh, I felt like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> or is it the right direction we're heading? That encouragement has really helped. And, and um, I firmly believe in taking on any feedback is good feedback and anything we can do to improve ourselves, we, we do. Yeah. I'll say this. Whenever people go through ventures, um, as, as strong as you both are doing here, uh, there has there's always moments of of growth uh, and, and things that you start learning about yourself. What has been some of the greatest uh, lessons or or some of the some of the greatest things that you've been able to to learn about who you are as a person going through this type of a journey? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the biggest personal lesson I found, figured out for me in this in this time has been. Um, has been, I think, appreciating all the challenges that I've gone through to get here. And especially in this time of COVID, all the the habits, the lessons around fitness, around sleeping, around food, around connecting, around keeping my emotional state and my balance okay and intact. And then lately, we've been actually having a series of conversations with the group each week, talking about each one of those topics and saying, let's talk about sleep. Let's talk about, you know, exercise. Let's talk about um, good habits of journaling, what have you. Um, it's been that growth for me and learning those habits and and becoming better myself and now being able to share those lessons with others. That's been one of the best things. And uh, where where like the challenges have really um, have really transferred lessons for myself, but then also for the community. So. so what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but arise and shine. Uh, might not just stay as a as a walking group, but this this could turn into something even bigger, where you're able to to even uh, help teach courses and and give uh, understandings and and helping people uh, even through their day to day life through uh, through this organization through this nonprofit. Am I am I wrong to assume this? Because I'm also seeing such potential in that direction. Well, I think Ronaldo was touching on the fact that we have consistently been running a walking group every single Sunday in mm-hmm. Calgary. We also have mm-hmm. had occasional walks on different days of the week in mm-hmm. Calgary and also in Edmonton and in Lethbridge as well. But during COVID, we've also kind of gone above and beyond that to host virtual meetups, Zoom. And that's where we'll pick a topic such as sleep or journaling, and we'll ask people to share about that topic. And 
on, in addition to this, Ronaldo has also, he's a great salsa dancer. He's been doing virtual <laughs> salsa dancing lessons, which are great because awesome. you can do that, that from awesome. your own home and maybe you are at higher risk for COVID, but that's still something that you can participate in and get that social interaction. So that's awesome. And before we get to you, Allison, about your own personal growth, what what has been the the typical age range that you've seen coming to to these walks? That's the most interesting thing for me. Um, we see everything from occasionally parents will bring their kids to it to senior citizens and different levels of fitness, different backgrounds, different genders, like you see such a mix of people. So it can really teach you a lot about just different experiences and what is out there. It helps you to be more open-minded as a person and just more understanding to different people. So literally we see it all, which is awesome. That's that's great because mental health is not um it's not dictated towards one group of people, one ethnicity, one gender. Everyone deals with it. I know we've we've heard for like someone once told me, they said that a lot of young people are are have a, a higher case of mental health. And I I responded with the fact that a lot of young people are are going to get checked <laughs> on their mental health, where a lot of the older population that we that we typically see. Um, they they don't go to a psychologist or a counselor or whatever the case may be to to deal with some of the issues that they've dealt with, um, and so it doesn't seem like they have a mental health crisis or something like that in their society in, in their in their age range. But it, it's it hits every single one of us, and so for you to have senior citizens, parents with kids, teenagers, college students, young adults, everyone coming together, it shows that you know we all deal with stuff, and and if we're all dealing with things. You know, we have to be able to do it together. And you're facilitating that that unity, uh, knowing that this is not just about one person or, or a group of people, but it's all of us being able to to make it happen together. Uh, can you can you talk to us a little bit about your personal growth too? Because I'm I'm interested. I want I want to hear more about that. I think for me, the first personal growth was just the consistency of sticking with a plan and doing that plan every single week regardless of if you get that result or not. And I really think that's important because if you miss one week, then almost your trust is gone in that mm. cause, that organization, because it, it might not be there for you when you need it. Um, and I think my second big growth learning was just patience and understanding of different people. Um, understanding that you may have a great conversation one day, or you may just feel awkward and not be able to get anything productive out of it. But that's okay. It's it's not necessarily about gaining something from the walk. It's just about the fact that you did it, you got out there, you tried, and you did what you believe was the best thing to do, what was right. So, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, patience, I think, is very key, uh, especially when you're dealing with uh, when you're in the, the position that you both are in. You know, when I was when I was teaching as a as a 
teacher uh, and I became the campus administrator. Some days you have great days with your students and some days you don't. And you just have to you have to be willing to have that patience to to deal with them on a day to day basis, you know. Um, but you're giving you're still allowing that safe space where that, you know, that individual can still come to you. You're still a consistent figure. I like that you said that you guys do this every single week because because if it's if it's not there, then like you said, that people could lose the trust. Well, who, who who am I supposed to go to now? And you know, you you've been there, but then you leave, and, and so you're you're really. I, I love the fact that you're really making sure that people have. Uh, the the avenue to come here and where do you where do you all meet uh here in calgary or actually give it give us all the locations <laughs> give us all the locations man go ahead Ronald. okay all the locations well that would be a very 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 long list and you know what um basically pick any nice spot in the city that's got a bit of green and even some of the non-green spots we've been there um some examples some of our favorite spots are eau claire uh, market mall we go by the mm. princess island park there in that area um, we also go from Phil and Sebastian's in East Village over to St. Patrick's Island often. Um, the Bird Sanctuary in Inglewood is a great place. Um, then Confederation Park. This summer, we even, uh, Alison had an amazing idea, and we started doing um, art walks in downtown, sorry, mural walks. We uh, up nice. on that. And beauty, there's beautiful artwork in Calgary that I had no idea of and had never seen before with my eyes, and it was absolutely breathtaking. So a uh, genius idea, Alison. Um, and yeah, so we've any any really good good spot that we um that we can find. Same for Edmonton and uh, and um, and uh, Lethbridge. Um, Lethbridge. In Lethbridge, there's a there's a beautiful um, lake there, Henderson Lake, and we walk around that one. In Edmonton, I mean, there's more parks than I can even count. <laughs> um, the river side there, um, many different spots. Um, again, now we're we're mostly virtual in Edmonton and Lethbridge uh, for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really even so. With that limitation of space being a bit more constrained now, like we said before, we we try to do many different things. So dancing, um, you know, um, virtual conversations, and anything that we can do, we're very open. Whatever whatever uh, is helpful, and for my part, I've found if there's something that works for me and has given me a lot of joy or hope or just energy, then then I'll even if there's some way that I can share that, I'll do that. And that's where the idea of the dancing came through. Do you do fitness classes as well? Like, let's say you had a, a teacher who who would just be there and, and telling them, "Hey, uh, ten jumping jacks," or you know, like um, burpees. Like, do you have that kind of stuff too? Not at the present moment, but we have discussed in the past um, doing like a nutritional session or like a yoga session or something like that. Mm-hmm. But for now, we're kind of haven't expanded there yet. Okay, that's cool. Uh, you know, um, as I as I'm as I'm hearing this, uh, I'm really liking it more and more, and I and I'm definitely gonna make sure that I come out to one of these walks because I think it's it's gonna be good uh, for us in general as a people and just to connect with others in general too. Um, but how does so so do you all have? A, do you have a set place that you meet up and then go to or every week it's like hey go to this location this is where we're going to meet kind of thing like how does that how do the logistics work in that yeah. so that's a great question um and uh, we we do um so the location changes week by week depending on uh, okay how to put this so um 
it changes week by week. In the winter time in the past, we've always gone to Eau Claire because we have a really nice access route to the plus 15s to go to the Devonian Gardens. This year, unfortunately, mm. with COVID, um, well, first of all, we can't go indoors anymore. Even before that restriction yeah. was there, we couldn't go to the plus 15 anymore. So we've had to rearrange and, and be agile and adapt to everything. Um, and normally, we'd not go in the, in the four walks in the winter outside. We'd go mostly indoors. Um, mm-hmm. But what I would say is, even though the location changes and week by week, we announce it uh, with a week's notice. And mm-hmm. our time is always very consistent. It's uh, three o'clock currently. And, okay. and we also um, keep the procedure that we do there very, very consistent. So um, we've had to make a bunch of adjustments to our <laughs> normal operating procedures with the latest restrictions. For example, we always used to gather um, and then um, we always used to share a quote, introduce everybody. I'd tell them a story or Allison would tell a story about our own journeys to, the, to basically to create a safe space and to create empathy with everybody. Allison and I are currently doing just fine um, in every way. So it's hard maybe to see, oh, these people have it all figured out. <laughs> How can they talk about mental health? So we just try to relate and say, hey, you know, we know, we, we actually do know what it's like to, to go through some challenging times. Um, uh, we share a quote, we share an inspirational story, and um, then we go off for the walks. We've had to adapt a lot of that now, and we've kept it to just the walks for reasons of just uh, regulations around social gatherings. So we really only need mm-hmm. for a handful of minutes at the spot and then go straight to walking. We've adapted. So the quotes are now on online beforehand. Um, and um, we always used to do food afterwards too, which was very nice. We used to gather and share a bit of, uh, like we always brought some juice or some crackers or something simple. But we found that was really awesome. Again, all before COVID. We had to stop yeah. all of that now with COVID, unfortunately. Um, you would have got me with the food, man. That's right there. <laughs> I, I'm good. That's it. And it That's, I'm gone. You know, you would have, uh, with the, the juice and the, the, the treats, it's, it's very small, but but the yeah. point what we found was um, we wanted to make it as affordable and as accessible to everybody as possible because we do realize that mental health sometimes can take a financial strain as well as a you know emotional or other strain. So we we wanted to rather than say charge for the meetup even or even going to a restaurant or a or a you know coffee shop where you know the coffee might be five dollars for the <laughs> one small cup. We said no, you know what? Let's make it completely free. Sure, we won't have you know first grade coffee. Maybe it's just a bit of juice or a bit of water. But it's not about the quality of the drink or the food. It's about being together. And we really prioritized that and made it as accessible for anybody to join. Yeah. You know, I, I think what, what this what this is teaching me, I'll, I'll say this, man. Um, you, you have two people who have come up with something that, once again, we, we talked about this in the beginning, where, where they've been affected by it personally. But now they're looking to to give uh, the the feasibility, the accessibility for individuals to come in together and and to have a have a better life in general. And, and, and I must say, I'm very I'm very proud to to see that um, that that you both are taking this initiative with such with such a with, with such a, a seriousness. Uh, it's it's. It's it's not taken lightly, but but you're having fun with it, and and you're and you're staying. I think more so what was helping, what was was touching me is the is the consistency factor, because a lot of things have have gone down since COVID, but you all have decided to find a way to continue to stay uh, active for those who need you, and I and I think that's it's admirable, it's amazing because uh, you know. 
during this time, you know, we've heard of relationships being broken. We've heard of people going through depression, suicide, going through the roof. And and to facilitate this is is so important. I, and I hope people take this model other, you know, to other places as well throughout throughout the world. You know, they can say, hey, look at what a rise and shine is doing in YYC. Look at what they're doing in, in the Alberta area in general, you know, because, you know, people people need to find some sort of connection. And it tells me a lot about you both as well, that you're willing to adapt and change through the circumstances, because if you don't, I mean, you're either going to you're going to fail or you're going to have to completely uh, just start try to start something new. And so willing being having that willingness to to adapt, to to see a problem and and to see that hurdle and jump over it, I, I think is 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 an amazing skill. And it's something that many people need to to to, to hear and to and to learn from because if we if we don't if we see a wall and we just we just say hey it's time to go back uh, you know so many ideas will be thrown to the to the wayside and 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 burn into the fire and so I I, I really commend you both for for moving forward in this sense because it's very important for people to to know that you're there for them. Um, thank thank you. Give me a so second here. So much for that. Absolutely. What what have you seen has been some of the greatest impact that uh, Arise and Shine has been able to to facilitate? I guess just through what we've been told, kind of from some of the guests, that occasionally you do get this person that opens up and says, this has changed my life. Um, you have made my day so much more positive. You've mm-hmm. kind of fixed my or helped my thought patterns to kind of realize mm-hmm. the positive or the gratitude in different things. And that means a lot when someone says that, because sometimes you don't necessarily see it. You just kind of go about your daily business and you don't know if it's actually making an impact but occasionally you get that kind of I guess reward of someone coming to you and telling you how much it's helped them yeah that's awesome I can just add to that too I mean the um I think it's some of the most striking stories that that I've experienced in these two and a half years on doing this has been um one just the trust and the openness that that we 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 come to that and every thousand and nine all the organizers and when that when that invitation is accepted and and I've heard some truly moving stories which I will not disclose because they're confidential but yeah. moving stories of deep personal trial and and confession around deep held things that they haven't shared with anybody or very few people um people who have shared um, you know, different revelations about themselves or what's going on in their family, um, people who have opened up and, and really um, come and, and also been vulnerable and, and I cried sometimes and like really been there with those emotions and said, hey, I need somebody to talk to. And, you know, there were, there were some, when, sometimes when that happens, um, you know, well, if that person needs it, you know, we'll, we'll separate the group and I'll, one of us will stay behind and just talk to that person because maybe they respond better to Alice or myself or one of the other guys. It doesn't matter who they talk to. It's it's indifferent, but whoever whatever works for them. Um, also, what Allison said before around, you know, we never know what the impact is, and that was made so clear to me one time, where there's um I met somebody at a totally different event um, 
months or even almost a year after the walk initially the person came once um never saw her again she um and she on the surface she looked fine she said he was dealing with some things but you know sometimes people also have their guard up and that's totally understandable we we come that's okay we don't by the way we don't ask anybody to tell to tell us anything so we say if you'd like to tell us we're here it's in confidence it does not leave us if you do not that's totally okay too we love you no no, 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 love you no less um anyway in this case um we talked to the woman and she said you know what uh she recognized me she waved to me and i came i went over and uh and she said hey you're ronaldo right yeah i'm like yeah this we long time ago yeah we went on a walk and then she goes you know what that one walk i was in such dire straits um literally like the lowest point she's ever felt in her life when she came up um and and even though i didn't know what she was going through and um i won't say exactly what it was but it was it was very dire and she said thank you so much from that then i went off and i, I sought help uh, that i needed i i i went and got the help and and it i reversed the curve from being further downhill to being uphill and you know and at on, at the time then it was something that was i had no idea and and one more recent example comes to mind where um uh, a woman who struggled constantly to uh, to um, with physical fitness and in getting outside and just through the community of of the walking group, um, she just found energy and has found um, and has found that uh, the um, uh, energy to go out for walks and she's doing great and has so much more energy. So amazing stuff, Allison. I think you also have some more stories to share, right? Yeah, I just wanted to say that because our walk isn't like a completely clinical setting, sometimes people feel more obliged and open to sharing because we can't write down on their file if we think they have this and this illness. And it's just a open-minded, like we're not professionals or anything like that. So sometimes it does give option for some people to share more than they even would with a professional or in that professional setting. So mm. that's real. I, I think the peer, the peer-to-peer connection, you know, um, it just allows for the community to come together. I, I'm, I think the community is is sometimes. Um, it, it depends. It it could be the fact that sometimes we don't trust our community, but when we do have trust in our community and we have individuals like yourselves who we feel open with, I think that helps a lot with our healing process as well. And, and we're seeing that through the stories that you both have shared, even though we can't, we're, we're not hearing the intricacies and the details of that, but we know how, how deep that can get because many of our listeners today will probably be able to tell you, oh, well, you know what? I've dealt with uh, a deep issue that I needed someone to be able to listen and hear. And, and that person was there. And so you all were, we're there for someone or for people who needed you at some of the hardest times of their lives. And, and you may not even know it, but, but it's, you're there. And and I think just showing up, I think just having this, I think just uh, allowing the, the presence of a rise and shine, it helps over the overall uh, of the people to know that there's a nonprofit, there's an organization here that, truly cares about me in a deeper way and no they're not professionals and and you know what i I don't know if you guys have gone through we've talked about this in other episodes but about the whole imposter syndrome of like 
oh, am I actually qualified to do something like this? Is this something that you guys have dealt with as well? Yes, I for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we actually to that point, we make it very clear often that we're not professionals. And like yeah. Allison said before, that's exactly what has people trust us. And we do refer yeah. people to if they need help, uh, professional help. We we don't claim to do any of that. We refer that to somebody else. Um, yeah. And um, that's really good. And and our mission is really for the people who are dealing with the issue, as well as to raise awareness about it for people who aren't. Because as we said before, it, it can be 18 to, to 90. It can be man, woman. It can be income levels, range, different ethnicities. Everybody in the world has a mental health. And, and our job is to not only help the people who are dealing with, say, some challenges in that area, but also to educate the broader public around, um, you know, reducing the stigma and, and making it more open to talk about. And that's why, you know, Allison's doing an amazing job with Instagram and, and all our publications there. And we strive to just be there for people even in that way around social media and around spreading a message of good hope and education to to anybody yeah. for sure and we're we're not better or worse than anyone else who could potentially help or run such a cause but i guess we'd encourage that if there is someone out there looking to get involved that you would fit right in and don't feel like an imposter because there's always a place for us to have more people on our team there's always a place for you to get involved, even if you don't feel qualified. Right. Can, can I can I touch on this real quick? Why do you feel as though, and I don't know if you answered this already, but why do you feel as though people feel have more trust in someone who might not be a professional than someone who is a professional? Because, you know, in my head, it would be, well, this person went to school for this, this person studied this. You know, so I can give more, but we we see the opposite of that. We're seeing people who are who are w- willing to share because you don't have all of these qualifications. So, why do you think that's the case? I think sometimes in the healthcare setting, they can rush to diagnose bipolar depression, and it may not even be the case. But sometimes, once you are diagnosed with this it can really affect you down the line of your life. Maybe you lose custody of your kids. Maybe Mm -hmm. you lose your job. You have that stigma on your record. Like it it can have a negative effect on your future. And all we're really offering is a friendship, a non-judgmental place to hear you out and just listen. So whatever you say goes and we just take it at face value and that's really all it is to say, like, we'll give our opinion as in what we think is right. But it really just comes down to what we think is right. And they could take it or not. But I guess it has a lesser consequence than a healthcare professional may have. Mm, that's very interesting. That, uh, actually, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Because you know, you get a lot of, uh, I used to work at a juvie, and you got a lot of kids who were diagnosed with ADHD, and they had to take all these pills, and a lot of them just didn't have ADHD. They just needed someone who actually loved and cared for them and would be able to listen to them. And it's, uh, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying with that whole concept of overdiagnosing, or um, or maybe even giving the wrong one, or, or sometimes having it, but then it's like, how do, how do they function throughout the rest of their lives, you know? Because sometimes these medications, they they 
could do uh it, it could affect them in many different ways and so, so many people don't know that about that as well so but i, I, I like that under, i like that viewpoint as well it's, it's very it's very interesting for sure i really appreciate both of you uh ronaldo and allison to come onto our show today uh and i have one more more thought for the person who may want to come on and and go on these walks with you in Calgary, Lethbridge, or Edmonton. What 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 can they expect from going on these walks? What do they feel like? What do you typically do? I would just say that we pace our walks at kind of a medium walking pace. We're not jogging or going super fast. We're not also going as slow as some of maybe the photography groups go where they're stopping for 10 minutes to take photos. So we do want it to be more or less a bit of a physical fitness aspect to it. But at the same time, we don't want to discourage anyone from coming because they don't feel like they can keep up. We always have more than one leader there. So if someone is just needing some time to sit down or just take it a little bit slower, we can separate into different groups and go at whoever's pace um, comes to the group. So I just encourage anyone, singles, people coming as a couple or a friend, like everyone's welcome. And we encourage everyone to come. If it's one time, if it's every single time, just get involved before you actually need to get involved before you're actually at that mental state where you're having some sort of a crisis, like be proactive about it and try things and make plans and get yourself up and active and out of the house. And if you would like to learn more, there's the meetup group. Um, you can search Arise and Shine on Calgary Meetup, Lethbridge, and Edmonton. There's also our Instagram. We have a Facebook page and Twitter as well. So just search Arise and Shine and you can get in contact with us and we'll tell you more about how to participate or help lead potentially. And we're always looking for good people to come and join and help out. And also, just for you listeners and all those out there, it will also be on the Madcasters website where you'll be able to click on the Arise and Shine under our spotlight section. And so you'll be able to see a little bit more through there and have a direct access to their Instagram or meetup accounts as well. Thank you. Allison, Ronaldo, we really appreciate you both coming in uh, as co-founders of Arise and Shine. We have really appreciated the discussion. It has stirred our spirits. It has taught us a lot about um, what you all are doing in regards to to mental health and how you how, you, how you're helping the society around us. You know, especially during the times of COVID. I think this is a very valuable discussion. And a very valuable um, organization that is helping uh, to others in our communities who need uh, people, who need connection, who need physical fitness, who need to learn more about mental health. So Rise and Shine is definitely doing some wonderful things. And I just really appreciate you both for coming onto our podcast and sharing with us and inspiring us uh, to to see a problem, to see difficulties in the world, to, to see what we have dealt with and also be willing to make a difference 
in, in our own personal lives and the world around us. So thank you so much for coming on to the Madcasters podcast. And we really appreciate you both. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Merry Christmas to everybody. Good mental health and see you in the new year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Madcasters. Please leave a positive review on the show if you like today's episode. And be sure to follow us on Madcasters at Instagram and also Madcasters on Facebook. where You'll be able to get updates, surveys, and many more surprises. Please go to madcasters.com where you'll be able to access the shows, blogs, and book reviews. Also, spotlights of organizations that you can support and donate to as well. And if you would like to support Madcasters even more, please go to our Patreon page. It's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Madcasters. I'll be giving out a free book monthly to one of our Patreon supporters as well. And there are many more surprises to come for all those who are Patreon supporters. This is the end of our episode, but this is not the last. I promise you, Madcasters, we are about to have a blast. But don't forget, Madcasters, this is the launch pad for you to go mad.